It's Maggie Wynn here with Overcomers. Uh, good morning, or good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you're listening in or tuning into. So this is episode three, and this is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Philippians 4.13. And I'll go back and I'll go back and forth in, in my life journey. But as an overcomer, I have... I remember the day that I learned that scripture. I was actually in church and I had, my sister was pastoring the church. She was teaching and she's quoted that scripture. Whenever things get low and are hard, tell yourself that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And you know, there's times where I felt so alone. I wanted um, someone to reach out to me and, he, and I was just so like, where? How can I do this? Why is life so hard? I would always think about the things that had happened to me and reminisce on all of the bad. And I never really took time to reminisce on all the good. And it took years for my mind to really, really be healed from that. But when I remember this scripture, it was, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Philippians 4.13. There were times where um, I had gone through so much, so much abuse, uh, physically and mentally, that there were times where I just didn't think anybody could help me, because one, they tried, and I would just go back to the same thing. Um, they would try to intervene and defend me and take care of me, and then I would just go back to the familiar, to what I knew, and it led. One thing led to the other, to the point, and I was drinking my sorrows away, the memories away, trying to cope with life. And I didn't understand a lot of things. Like I was a teenager, so what do we know as a teenager? So we don't know anything. We think we know it all. And I, and I didn't listen to my mom. Mom would tell me things, you know, she was like, you know, if you do this, this is gonna happen. There's consequences to the things that you do. And for some reason, when you're a teenager, you just feel invincible, like you don't understand, you know, your emotions are involved. You're like, I feel this, I feel that, I wanna be this way, I wanna be here, this is who I'm in love with or whatever. And so they tell you these things, you know, this is not the right person for you, or this is not where you should be. You know, things could happen to you. You gotta remember this isn't, this isn't healthy. And, you know, we just don't listen. We don't listen as teenagers. I did not listen to my mom. And I remember one time I ran away. I ran away and I was 13 years old. And I ran away to a friend's house because she wouldn't let me date this boy. And I ran away to his house. And I ran away to his house. And then, of course, the mom was like, his mom and sister were like, you know, what is going on, you know? She can't stay here. Like, you know, I stood there. I stayed there for like one day. They cooked for me and they, of course, welcomed me. And I was uh, helping them clean, try to make myself useful. And then we had dinner, you know, but, you know, she gave me this look like, I don't like this girl for my son, you know? And I was like, she looked at me and was like, mm, I don't know about this one. And, uh, so anyways, she calls my mom. My mom comes to get me and I go home 
and it's been such a long time. So like, that's when I was 13. And so I was like looking at everything, you know, and I'm like, man, I'm going to have to go back and I got to face my mom. And, and my mom was like, you know, what's wrong with you? Why did you run away? And I was like, because you don't love me. You don't show me that you love me. And my mother was like, what do you mean? I don't love you. What are you talking about? And I was like, well, you just don't love me. You don't, you don't care about me. And my mom literally, she touched her heart and she said, I do love you. Everything that I do, I love you. I may not tell you that I love you, but I show you in my actions. I cook for you every day. I get up in the mornings and I make sure that you get to school on time and you have clean clothes. And she began to tell me all this stuff and I was just like, so my mom, let me go back a little bit. My mother was very strong. So I never really saw my mother cry. So it gave me that impression that she was so cold hearted and that she really didn't have feelings or emotions. So I was just like, you don't love me. You don't care about me. And so when she starts holding her heart and tells me, but you're everything to me. You're my daughter. How am I not going to love you? I kind of like saw her crying and I was just melted. Like I stepped back and I was like, in my mind, I was like, is this, a, is this the woman, the same woman? Is this my mom? Like she can cry. Like she has emotions. She has, she can, she literally has emotions. And I just stood there frozen, listening to her, but listening to my thoughts at the same time as like, she does have emotions. Why do you put her through that? But it was so quick that, you know, I was like quickly looking at her, li listening to her. And I wanted her to feel bad that I felt bad. And she was telling me, I love you. I care for you. Everything that I do is to show you that I love you. I do it. I may not tell you verbally, but I do it in my actions. And that should mean more to you than me saying I love you. Because anybody can tell you that they love you. But if they don't back it up with actions, then what are they doing? They're lying to you. Whenever somebody loves you, it's because they're going to show you. They're going to show you through their affection. They're going to show you by what they do on a daily basis. And at that point, I just like, I'm sorry. I told her I'm sorry. And she said, come here. And I thought she was going to hit me. <laughs> so I'm like, is this a good come here or not a good come here? So she grabs me. She holds me so tight. And then I just started bawling and I was just like, but I just feel like you don't love me and you never tell me that you love me and I don't know what to do. And so she was like, oh, stop it. You're my baby and I love you. Of course I love you. How am I not going to love you? You know, I had you. I carried you for nine months and I gave you birth. How am I not going to love you? And at that point, I was like, mm -hmm. Okay, I'm not going to do this again. <laughs> I'm never going to do this again. And I didn't. I didn't. I didn't run away anymore. And to me, it taught me a lesson. Like, I think she was right. Some, sometimes as a mother now, a grandmother, I look back and I say how I didn't really tell my kids a lot. I love them and uh, show them affection. But I said to myself, I'm going to be different. And I'm going to try to show my children 
that I love them by the affection that I give and tell them every day that I love them. And so what I did is I tried the best that I could to tell them that I love them. But when you have a child that uh, came out of, you know, whatever your circumstances may be, you may, you may be able to say, I can't tell my kids I love them because the way they were brought into the world. Or maybe you have a situation where you have a, a child that you don't get along with the other parent and, you know, you just had to have the baby for whatever reason. And, but yet you grew to love that baby. And so anyways, not trying to love your children the way you know how, because you know what it feels like to not have it, is very difficult when you're hurt. And I, for myself, for myself, I try to love them and try to be there for them and love them the best I know how and affectionate the way I knew how. And when I got older and my kids were able to you know, talk back to me as in conversation wise as adults, they told me, you know, you really didn't give us that much love and attention. And I was like, I did, I promise you, I tried. But we, as children, we don't know what our parents went through and what their lives were like what their growing up uh, daily lifestyles were. So it's easy for us to say you didn't when we think that we are giving the right affection. We are doing everything that we said we will never do because our parents did with us. And we're trying to make up for that and trying to say, I'm not going to be like my mom. I'm not going to be like my dad. I'm going to be this way. I'm going to show them love. I'm going to... Uh, love them and tell them I love them because I don't know what tomorrow holds. And so for me, that was what I tried to do. But I had so much trauma. I had so much abuse that I had gone through. I had endured. And in the midst of trying to heal from that, I was raising three babies and no father. And that was hard. It was very difficult. And so my children now, they tell me, you know, mom, I don't know how you did it. I don't know how you did it with three. And I think you don't understand those things until you become a, you become a parent and you realize, I don't know how she did it. I don't know how my parents did it. And even when you have a, a, a home where there's mom and dad, you still wonder how in the world did they make it? How in the world did they uh, raise us this way to provide financially, give us love, go to work every single day, cook for us every day, make sure we had clothes for the next day, make sure the house was in order, make sure bills were paid. We don't think about those things as teenagers, you know, as children, because we're too busy living our own lives and playing with our own toys and, and doing whatever to get the attention of our parents when they have so much on their plate. So I learned that I had to show my children's love and it was really hard. So that was one of the scriptures that I would say to myself, I can do this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I remember using that scripture a long time now when I learned it. At 13, I learned not to run away. I learned that I needed um, love and affection. I learned that that was important to tell someone I love you and that I needed to be a supporter of that person, that individual, because that's how you heal. I didn't know that at the time. And so being able to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me is being able to know that God is with me. He's not forsaking me, even though it looks like 
Everybody has forsaken me. Even though it looks like everybody has walked away. Your loved one walked away. You know, I have a best friend. Thank God she's still with me, even though she knows I'm crazy. <laughs> and she loves me. She's like, I know, you're beautiful, Maggie. You're beautiful. Because she knows who I really am, like inside. And so I cherish that. But when you're able to say, I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me, it gives you a different type of power. A power that you can look back and say, you know, maybe you're a mom right now. Maybe you're, or you're going to be a mom and you're, or you are a mom or you are a dad or you um, don't know how to be a dad. You know, there's books out there and now that you can, it teaches you how to, how to be a dad, how to be all these things that you don't know how to be. Um, but we want to do good things. We want to be good. We want to be good parents. We want to good. We want to be good moms, good dads. And so learning to tell yourself, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me in whatever situation. Maybe it will be for you, maybe books, maybe studying, maybe school, maybe um, military. Maybe you just got enrolled in boot camp or you're a teacher or you're, um, I don't know, wherever you find yourself. But learning to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me gives you a different type of power. A power to know that you're not alone. You are not by yourself, that God is for you. He's not against you. He has angels that encamp around you and that he's protecting you, that he's surrounding you with help and that his word says that he goes before us. He sends to send angels before us to prepare the path, to clear the path of where it is that you're wanting to go. That is so. That is um, something I, I, I love to say. Thank you, God, for the angels that you send so that they can help us. And I use, I use them like go before us, go angels. I send you to go before my children and prepare a path that you will send angels in the flesh, that men and women of God that hear your voice, that will speak to my children, that will love on my children, that will uh, deposit into them good fruits, good things, goodness, and give them a word of revelation, of Rama, of whatever, a word that will enlighten them, a word that will bring them to life, that will edify them, that will cause them to continue to strive and not give up, that to know that you are listening, that you hear their voice, that you're with them and they're not alone. And you know, I know those words I pray for my kids and my grandkids, and my mom did that for me. That's how I learned it. I learned it by hearing her pray for us. She would pray for us those things and she would, you know, declare, you know, my children are going to be world changers. My children are going to arise and be the best that you've called them to be. They're going to be women and men of God that are going to win souls and that they're going to make a difference in the lives of people and that they're going to speak the name of Jesus and they're going to declare the power of God and the miracle working power that he that he allows us to live in. And so I am thankful for her because otherwise I would not know these things. I mean, it, you know, the word of God says train up a child in the way they should go so when they're older they will not depart. And I never really understood that scripture until I got older. And my sister said, you know, you have to look, look at that word and see what it says. It says, train a child up in the way they should go. So when they are older, they will not depart from it. It didn't say when they're teenagers. It didn't say when they're this. It says when they're older, because whatever is embedded in that child at that age, at that moment, it's building their character. They're you're grounding them in values. You're grounding them in things that 
they're able to live by morals that they can live by, not just whatever. Oh, I'm going to let him be whatever he wants to be. Well, how are you going to let the world train him? You're going to let the world tell them, dictate what that person is, what he's, what he or she is going to be. No, it's our responsibility as parents to do that. And I want to say that I did good in the midst of all of my pain because my children, even though I know that I was very hard on them. I told them I needed to be hard on you because I was training you to be an independent individual with your own mind that you were going to be able, you were going to be one day a parent or, or a wife or a leader or something. And you had to have uh, something to stand on. You had to stand on something, the word of God, um, the power of God, who you are, your identity. And I believe, I choose to believe, and I will continue to believe that my kids are going to be all that God has called them to be. They have overcame so much. They have gone through so much. And I am so thankful because to this day, they teach me. They teach me a lot. And they, if it wasn't for them speaking back into my life and saying, you know, mom, you need to work on this. You need to work on that. Um, it took a lot for me to sit there and say, God, you know, I gotta, I gotta take this and not be offended and not be scared and not take it to heart that whatever they're telling me is for my own good. If I'm asking God, me as a person, if I'm asking God, change me, where do I need, where am I missing it? What do I need to change? What's my problem? And God sends you someone you know, we want to look at it as God's going to send this all person, you know, this prophet or this pastor or somebody else. And a lot of times God will just send you an ordinary person. He will send you your children. He will send you someone and they will sit there and talk to you that knows you. And they will say, this is it. This is what your problem is. This is what you're, where you're missing it. And this is what you need to change. And for me, God did that. I mean, I went on a fast. I remember it's 2020 and my son uh, spoke to me about some issues that he was dealing with and that he wanted to talk to me and he began to open up to me. And then after that, my daughter did the same thing. And she told me this, 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 and that. And I literally had to sit there and take it. It was like the Holy spirit was with me and God was telling me, you can do this. You can do all things through me. And I said, okay, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to listen and I'm going to receive that. Whatever is being told to me is coming from you. Lord. And I sat there and it was a very difficult conversation. My heart was broken, but at the same time, I knew inside of me that God was doing it for a reason. He was allowing it to happen for a reason because I asked for change. I asked God, what is my problem? And when my daughter told me what she said to me, I said, I'm sorry. You know, at first I kind of got defensive, you know, and then I stepped back and I said, you know, no, I need to, I need to listen. I need to listen. And so I literally listened to her and I asked her, how was I not there? Or how did that make you feel? And she told me now this was the second time. Cause the first time I didn't handle it well, but the second time I did. And so I sat with her and she told me, and I literally began to make changes like, okay, she's saying this about me, then I need to change this. I need to 
how do I change this? And so I started reading. I started reading how to get along with your daughter, how to get along with your adult child, how to um, be a humble parent, how to speak love and correct, correct, uh, correct your children that are adults in love. I would start reading all kinds of stuff and learning all kinds of things. And that is how I developed this um, beautiful relationship with my daughters now. Um, and my son, you know, we are not where we used to be, but now we are so much better. But I thank God because I feel like with my son, there's something more that God is going to teach me. And so I'm embracing that. And I love how God operates and how he does things because he's gentle. He's always been gentle with me as his timing, when things are going to happen, when change is going to come. I've always asked him, God, please prepare me for change. Show it to me. You don't have to show me everything that you're doing in me, but at least help me so that I can learn um, from whatever it is that you want to show me. And, and I have, and I, I choose to say that I have, I have a long way to go and I'm not there yet, but you know, this is an encouragement to parents out there. And those of you that are going to be parents that are, sometimes we do things um, because we want a reaction from our mom or dad and we don't realize that how it can hurt them and vice versa. Parents, we do stuff to them and say things to our children that we don't think about the consequences of the words that we say and we implant those tape recorders into their brain their, and grind it into their skull and they play that recorder as they become adults and they repeat those things over and over to themselves and there has to be something that's going to erase and undo. And at that point, I believe that it's where we as parents and we choose to change and grow that we can ask the Holy Spirit, ask God to lead us and help us to speak life into them and and point out the good that they are doing in their own family. And because we can, we're easy to pinpoint the bad that people do, but it's hard for us. We really have to work at it as human beings to pinpoint the good that people do. And so in saying all that, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you in every circumstance and everything that you're going through and everything that you've endured, um, you've, you can overcome it. It's all, it's all about wanting to, wanting to realize that I have a problem. I need to change. And how do you want to change? What do you want to be? What does it look like? And finding out, you know, reading, uh, looking up things and identifying with others that are parents or teenagers or whatever, they're trying to become better. And I know there's a lot of things out in the world right now going on, you know, and you would probably say, you know, this is meaningless for me to listen to something like this because there's so much chaos going on in the world. But I thank God that this is a country that we can share and listen to a lot of other things and be grateful and thankful that we have um, podcasts and we have YouTube videos and we have books and we have um, classes we can attend and places we can go for worship and church buildings and and just being able to share our faith with others and allow others to speak into our life and connect with someone that is going through the same thing because that is how we heal. We heal by being around other people that are working and trying to heal. They do say that, you know, 
wounded birds attract wounded birds. Um, so I would be careful in that aspect as to what kind of circle you're around because you don't want to be around people like that because either you're going to make the difference or they're going to, or you're going to stay the same. My point is that they, you should find a circle that are people that are wounded, that are wanting to heal and wanting to be different and wanting to excel and thrive in life and that are making and taking those steps for change. If you're going to stay in a circle that they're just all wounded and you're going to stay wounded, then you're never going to be healed and you're going to stay like a wounded bird. And um, and it, it, it's beautiful to be transformed in the, in the, in the image of God. The, the beautiful thing that can happen because you begin to realize who your true identity is, who your tr what your traits are, what you really are passionate about, why all of these things that have happened to you have developed you into something, but you can either choose to let it develop you into a woman, a woman or man that is bitter, that is angry, that is hurt, and you stay hurt, or you can allow it, all of the circumstances, all of the situations, all of the trauma, all of the chaos, to transform you into something beautiful, great and loving and kind to share with the world and to, and we need more of that. We need more of that in this world. We need to be able to be, to show empathy toward others that are hurting. Um, do want to bless you and thank you for tuning in to um, Overcomer and know that you are an overcomer and that you've overcame so many things and that of course, in this life, we're going to continue to overcome much more and that you are not to stay where you are. You need to continue to go and move forward, move forward and do whatever it takes to heal that part of you that struggles, that part of you that hurts, that part of you that cries at night and only you know why. And that God is a God of healing. He's a healer. He's a restorer. And he will heal you when you really are looking for that kind of help. He will. He will. And it starts with just forgiving yourself that whatever happened, uh, the enemy had a, a role to play in it. And it's not all God's fault. And we have a mind of our own to make choices. And that took me a very long time to realize that it wasn't all God's fault and that I was not to blame God for everything that happened to me, but that I really, I really needed to realize that a lot of them were my own choices, my own mistakes, and I'm not learning from those mistakes and not listening to the wise counsel of others. So I encourage you to listen to wise counsel, seek out wise counsel and, and people that uh, overcame things so that you can learn how to overcome them too. God bless you and thank you for tuning in to Overcomers. Yeah.